If you're over 40 and want to be the best version of yourself, Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence is here to help. Clarence Ferguson is a seasoned loan officer, fitness expert, personal chef, and entrepreneur who leads a revolution of men and women who want to live their best life going into middle age. Inspiring dialogue, challenging topics, and industry leaders are here offering tips and how-tos to improve your life. Now, here's Coach Clarence. What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday. You survived another week after the election. Everybody's in good shape so far, I guess. I have a really awesome guest in the building. He is an actor, broadcaster. He is a two-time Arizona Hall of Fame entertainment introductory. Most of you guys know him. He was quizzing me earlier because he (laughs) thought I didn't know who he was. Um, He had no clue that my research and background is deep as the ocean. You mean your internet stalking? No, I know this guy. (laughs) Clay, listen, you don't have to suck up to the guest. I'm not being paid. (laughs) Neither are we. This is a real conversation. No, a studio full of freebies. Yeah, that's man. They got me. No, but I mean, they all of a sudden a mutual friend of ours who shall remain unnamed. Right, she needs to be remained unnamed. Right, and (laughs) and so she says, "Will you will you be a guest on Clarence's show?" And so I come in, and just now, a minute and a half ago, I hear your credits: the chef and the background in finance and the coaching and so on. So what do I have to offer? Little white guy that never in his life. Ever scored a touchdown, uh, was never able to dunk a basketball ever in my life, even on the kiddie basketball hoops. <laughs> and now I hear the show is devoted to life over 40. That's correct. Do I have to specifically talk about how many years over 40? Well, you look a fresh, ripe 45. I've always so liked to talk about that era. I've always liked you. You've always been a close personal friend of mine. <laughs> What's going on, my friend? Why don't you tell everybody who you are? They hear the voice, and you haven't said your name, and I didn't get to say your name. So. Well, no, you just you just uh, ran through some of the credits. This is Pat McMahon, and since this is an international show, for those of you who are listening in Zurich, uh, I have a number of friends in Switzerland who were saying, oh, Pat's on the code show. Uh I, I grew up in show business, uh, yes. and uh, my mom and dad did an, a, a dance act. I mm-hmm. uh, had the opportunity to lead really what would be an idyllic kid's life because I was not interested in having the house on the corner with the white picket fence. Uh, I just liked the idea of moving from town to town and getting to know all of those different cities and all those different states and countries. Uh, it was just uh, exciting because it was always new. Okay. So with all your success, like, what do you do now? I mean, you've done so much. So what do you do to stay motivated? I usually appear anymore? on free radio programs <laughs> like this uh, because I'm desperately looking. You're looking for more attention. For more opportunities. <laughs> yeah. I do I do a radio show here on the worldwide uh, world. <laughs> the you sound like world me when I first networks. started. I couldn't pronounce it. Laura was no, kicking my ass trying to get me to say it right. No, I know. Do you need an employee to pronounce that correctly for you guys? <laughs> Star Worldwide Networks. Star networks, Worldwide. plural. Yes. Yeah. I do a thing called The God Show. Have been doing that for about 20 years. Um, done talk shows on radio for almost as long as radio has been around. Marconi was my first boss. Uh, 
and uh, we got along. Uh, and I suppose in the Arizona area, uh, I am best known as one-third of the longest-running kid show ever in the history of television anywhere. 36 years on the Wallace and Ladmo show doing all of the characters except Wallace and Ladmo. Ah. Wallace was the one with the derby. Ladmo was the one with the top hat. And I was the one that kids chased around the block constantly <laughs> because they hated me. <laughs> Sounds like my life. <laughs> <laughs> So but I, I got paid for it, yeah, Clarence. Well. <laughs> I got paid for being a bad guy. <laughs> so um, talk to me. What was, how'd you get involved with Wallace and Latmo? How'd you well, get picked for the spot? I was in broadcasting out of college uh, and uh, majored in theater and, uh, and broadcasting and uh, was offered a job uh, very soon after college, uh, doing music on the air, and was a uh, a jock, a DJ. Yeah, that's a, that's a term they don't use anymore. Uh, yeah, because she would be offended by that term. Well, a jock What's or that, DJ? A jock? A jock. No, I'm a jock. Yes. Yeah, yeah a radio jock. <laughs> and she has dated so many football players. <laughs> yeah, right? No, I haven't. Are you kidding? She, she no. didn't seem like she'd go for that type. Have no. we introduced Robin, no, by the way? No, we have not. Well, everyone knows who I am. I'm always the voice that pops in on the show with, with him. So That's the kind of applause I usually get. The sound of one hand <laughs> clapping. Well, you, know, you know how I fix that? Uh, there you go. Awesome. That's why the producer has all the toys. The, the world of electronics. <laughs> But um, let's go back to your show. Tell me about your show, the Wallace and Ladmo no, show. Not that one. We're gonna go. We're gonna do that <laughs> second. Let's talk about your show, your podcast. I found that kind of interesting. I oh, the God, yeah, the God show uh, started it um, about twenty years ago uh, on a local news and talk station, KTAR here in Phoenix. And um, uh, I'll tell you how it started. I don't think that I've ever really gotten into this on the air. Uh, did a straight talk show in the morning, uh, three hours, nine to 12, about everything. Mm -hmm. And one day, my producer, Rosemary, and I went down to management and said, you know, some of the most interesting guests that we have, we usually have on around the holidays, whatever the holiday would be, Easter, Christmas, whatever. And we, uh, we have rabbis on uh, leading up to Passover, uh, we have priests on for some Christian holidays. And some of the most interesting conversations, some of the most interesting dialogues, sometimes it was about religion, but most of the time it was about human behavior. And the the interior spirit of mankind. So I went down to, major, to management and said, hey, why don't we do a program like this? And sometimes there can be some ministerial guest, but why don't we have on guests that just simply want to talk about the spiritual existence of mankind, whatever it is, raising kids, uh, the morality of war, the immorality of war, all, all of those things. And the manager at that time was kind of a geezer, and he said, he said, well, what would you call it? I said, we've already got that done. It's simply this, but as non-denominational as you can get. Call it the God Show. And I thought he was going to have a seizure. 
He said, do you know the mail that would come in and so offended that you would call something the God show? I said, well, anybody that would be offended by that shouldn't be listening anyway. <laughs> so we finally talked him into that, and we did it, and uh, it's exactly what it is that I was talking to you about. I you saw have, one of the titles, The Amish. <laughs> I was, I'm thinking I'm going to oh, listen to that. Oh, <laughs> we just did that a couple of weeks yeah. ago. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to watch. I'm going to listen to that one. That one seemed good. Well, I'll give you, in fact, uh, the names of all of the shows uh, starting two years ago, and then I'll give you a test as to how many it is that you listen to sure. and how many things you memorized. I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm good memory. very strict. When do you want to come back? Faithful and loyal. When do you want to come back? And I'm glad me? he's doing that to you and not me, because I do produce the show, and I listen already when I'm producing. So you're on the spot now, Clarence. I, I've seen you doze off during these things. <laughs> she does that during my show. I, I think it's my content. I no such thing. Boy, these guys are picking on me, too. And I'm glad you brought up the Amish, because it, it's a, an example of some of the kinds of shows. We don't do a lot of denominational God shows. And I really do hope that people will listen, including atheists who we've had on as guests, uh -huh. talking about uh, the loyalty to not believing. Yeah. You know, that's always an interesting conversation. So what do you talk about here mostly when you don't have somebody wandering in like I did? Well, off listen, the sir, we just started off on such a good foot. I don't know if I want to bring up my real topics. Dude, he just flipped the switch on you. <laughs> no, did, he didn't. Did, yeah, he did. I'm He's good. trying to be talk show host over here. That's okay. <laughs> what do I talk? Well, the concept when we start is anything being over 40, you know, being fit financially, fit physically, dating over 40, just anything that's happening in your life, which is everything when you're 40. So that's kind of what I talk about. The dating, financially fit, physically fit. What the hell am I doing here? Because I want to know what your, you and your wife's sex life. That's why we got you here. <laughs> oh. Oh, boy. No, I'm just trying to think if I can remember. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's almost the second thing that goes into your memory. <laughs> Listen, after being married, after being married for 37 years, and I'm an Irish Catholic, so you know we're desperate. <laughs> and my wife, I don't know whether your producer, Laura, told you, but she's Dr. Duffy McMahon, yes, with a doctorate ask you about in that. human sexuality. Oh, wow. That must be a lot of pressure. Uh, she leaves diagrams in, <laughs> in the bedroom. Just sketches <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> Sometimes I just have to turn the mic down because what might come out of my mouth? Whoa. Robin, can, no, can you imagine, though? Here We just finished talking about my regular appearances here every week on The God Show. And then we're talking about Duffy with a blackboard in the bedroom okay. with chalk. But you know, we can go the extra mile on that one. And because when you're in the bedroom, what do most people say when they're experiencing something wonderful? There's the, oh God. Oh God. Oh. There's the crisscross. Yes. That was just weird how that was all brought together. High five, Laura. Duffy, I don't think, has ever said anything about going the extra mile. <laughs> I think a couple of feet, maybe. Uh, but this is the first time that we've really been able to open up the background of our lives, particularly for those over 40. Right. 
<laughs> do you realize? So what advice you, would you give me? I'm going in that direction. What, are you married? No. Okay, well, advice. my advice would be stay that way. <laughs> okay. Me too, uh, man. Uh, uh, okay. Nobody's here for marriage? No, 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 I am. And, and obviously, after 37 years, I better be. Uh, you know, I better be a fan or both Duffy and I are suffering something <laughs> terrible. Uh, no, I, I'm really a married kind of guy. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I really have to tell you that one of the things that I can think of now that would cause me to remain married even unhappily is I can't imagine anything more dreadful than as an adult many times over dating oh yeah i i i can uh, the company of another person a woman great absolutely sensational let's talk about uh, any of the things that we find interesting mm -hmm. right but going into the internet <laughs> and finding somebody and i don't mean to offend anybody in your audience because it works for a lot of folks but man i'm sorry that's one of those parts of dating in contemporary uh, terms that doesn't appeal to me. I you know? see. Especially when you don't really know whether the person you're looking at in the picture looks like the person that's going to walk into the restaurant. That's what we call catfishing. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what's on the other end of that pole until <laughs> you reel you it out. You still don't know when you meet them, man. <laughs> Let me tell true. you. Have you done what... that, Robin? I don't, I don't remember oh, ever asking you. The oh, last boy. time I did online dating was 2003, and I married that guy, which was a huge mistake because oh. from moment one, he lied about everything on his profile, and he was still married saying he was divorced. So, yeah, now we're exes. Five years out, and I will never do online dating. And I know Laura does it very successfully. I don't know about Coach, but I don't. I don't play well with online dating. Yeah, and he may be listening now. That's okay. <laughs> Are we taking calls? <laughs> that would be awesome. Let's have our exes call in. Well, that show would be now, lit. <laughs> Joe is too chicken to call because he knows I would win that verbal game. Did you ever do a uh, a telephone talk show? Did you ever do something live? And you invited the audience to call in about whatever the subject we was? We did it on Facebook um, last year. It was a Facebook Live, and people could chime in and ask questions. That What'd was you about think? Live. Was that fun? Oh, I thought it was awesome. It was good. We went for two hours. Put you on the spot. Well, sometimes they did, but I'm pretty good with toes. And what, and what was the subject matter generally? We talked about online dating and racial dating. It was just wide open. Dating other people, you know. So it's pretty good. Keep going. <laughs> Do you realize um, you're being interviewed by Pat McMahon? I love it. I love it. <laughs> For free. For free, yeah. Just let me add that. Yeah. <laughs> so this is like the God Show round two, right? Show no, round two. no, there's not even a trade out with Chompies, for God's sakes. I don't get a bagel. I don't get Well, um, normally Laura offers water, but she was late, you know. Yes, so. no. When Laura offers water, it's for baptism. <laughs> well, we need it in here sometimes. We need something in here. Holy water. So when somebody <laughs> says, so you guessed it on Clarence's show, what did you talk about? I have no idea. <laughs> what if we just finished? We did the God Show online dating and, and Duffy giving me instructions in the bedroom. It's kind of like Seinfeld, a show about nothing, right? <laughs> yeah, but Seinfeld didn't use a whip. <laughs> Duffy does that Zorro thing that I find kind of exciting. So you, you've interviewed a lot of people. So who, who, was, who was one of your favorite interviews? 
I'm, I'm sure no one asked you about your. I'm sex glad life we me. got. I'm glad we got back into my career. <laughs> uh, that's easy to say because usually I will stop and think, out of respect for the question, stop and think about uh, whether something is still true, still applicable. Because when you interview as many people over the years as I have, uh, you really do want to say. Well, I, you know, the, this was the funniest, or this was uh, was the prettiest. This was something, uh, but the most memorable is since I did it, the same one, and that's Mother Teresa. Really? Uh, how you how you top that? That's uh, hard. Because she was. You talking about the real deal when I was in her presence, and have been in the company. If you'll pardon me for for name-dropping in the world of spirituality and religion. I've been in the company of a couple of popes, uh, have been on the air with a number of major spiritual authors. Uh, But Mother Teresa, who came to town uh, in order to establish a tiny, tiny little new convent of her sisters from Calcutta, India. And I think she brought three with her, and somebody donated a little house, I mean a really little house, in a, a fairly poverty-stricken neighborhood because that's what she said. She said, don't do me any favors. She said, you give me something that people can relate to. Where the need is, let them come to us here or we'll go to them. Wow. Close by. These are needy people. And... Uh, and so I was introduced to her outside of that uh, house. And there was, Clarence, there was an aura about her that was so saintly then. This is before it became official and the, the canonization process of the Catholic Church took place, making her officially uh, a saint of the church. But there was something so unbelievably holy about her. And I, I remember one thing that she told me. I asked, um, I asked Mother Teresa, said, since I'm on the radio and I talk to a broad range of people in every possible kind of religion and many without a specific faith, what could I tell them you want now here that you have this, this convent here? So I'm thinking everybody that I know, particularly the guys in religion, the... The televangelists, they always are saying, well, if you could just send me a check, you know, then that would be fine and I'll be your friend. I should do that so my show is, you know, if you could send me a check, I'll ask you Well, it's too late questions. now, obviously. <laughs> but you know what Mother Teresa said? I don't remember who was on yesterday, but Mother Teresa said to me these words. She said, in answer to what is it that I can tell my audience you want here now in Phoenix. She said, tomorrow, tell your audience that as soon as they hear this message, for them to go out and find somebody who has nobody and love them. I like that. I like that a lot. Who's going to argue? I think that's a good message. You know, and how simple uh, that is. Uh, no, she was uh, she was absolutely amazing. 
Well, uh, you seem like you've got a lot of energy. What do you do to keep your energy up and going strong in this crazy world? I told you Duffy in the bedroom is no, just Duffy an in the animal. Bedroom. Okay. Uh, <laughs> How much is she to get lessons? She's a coach, right? <laughs> I need to spice things up. In she's my not a sex surrogate. No, she's a coach. She teaches you what to do. Like she can maybe show well, you how to get a think good chalkboard. No, no, that's not what she does. It's not exactly what the doctorate was about, oh. uh, uh, right? Wow. Uh, but uh, in human sexuality, wait a minute, hold it. This isn't her show. If you want her to be on talking about these, well, things, I might have to ask her. She's yeah, doing good. and you know what? The price the really price goes, goes up. up. <laughs> no, let me talk to you about entertaining kids. Okay. What, what do you think about that, huh? Uh, yeah. How what are you going to say? No? Well, it depends. I'm do, kinda, do you have kids? I do. How many? How old and how many? 29, 16, and 13. Oh, wow. I'm See? just thinking. See? That's, See that response there? That's three full-time jobs. <laughs> right. Plus, I, I, do they all live here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 29, 16, and 13. 13. Yep. Uh I, the 29-year-old is already probably pretty much solidly established in something. Uh, right. He's married, uh, and I'm going to be a grandfather. Oh. <laughs> Just oh congratulations. First time? Yeah. Yeah, oh. That, no, because it's never the same. It's never like having babies. Thank it's God. never like having a son or a daughter, having your grandchild. That old business about you have now a written document somewhere in government that says you may spoil their little butts off. That's what I'm going to do. And nobody can do anything <laughs> right. about it. Send them home when I'm done. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And you can also, if you're visiting over there and they're getting ready for bed... That's when you start the exciting stories. (laughs) And that's when you start running around the furniture with them and doing all kinds of hyper things, right? And then you say to the mom and dad, okay, bedtime. (laughs) I like that. That's good advice. All right, so tell me, do you have children? Yeah, absolutely. And what Um, are their ages? 107, 111, and 93. you have when uh, <laughs> when I was reading about those people that are written about biblically, mm-hmm. 465 years old, okay. I said, that's what I'm going after. See, going after right? And that's why I'm doing the God show. Mm-hmm. I figured that's the secret. That's, that's, that's See, some good when, insight into it. Right, when, it's, when, it's time, when it's time for God to say, I think we got to the McMahons now. I got, we got to the McMahons now, and he's been around for so long, time for him to come visit me. And then, then at least he'll remember that I did the God Show and remembered all of those people that lived 465 years. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to, I don't understand those people who say, oh, I couldn't possibly stand to live 85 years. You know, are you kidding? No, no, that's... That's when you start thinking about having more babies. Yeah, I, I think I'm done. I don't know if I'm ever going to get on that path again. <laughs> I have a, I'm I have a son. Missed the 465 train. <laughs> I have a son who went to Notre Dame uh, and uh, two USC kids. So that's why I mentioned the fact that they're, they're well-educated. They did a good job of helping to put themselves through school. That was one of the keys in our family is ain't no freebies when it comes to any of those things. And those are pretty hefty private schools. And so 
there will be an arrangement made with mom and dad and your participation. But he uh, he changed his major seven times, Clarence, at Notre Dame. Changed his major seven times from biochemistry to music to, I mean, a huge, broad variety of things. When wound up putting it all together and became a uh, an aerospace computer uh, engineer. Wow. Yeah, and and uh, I I said wow. First of all, when he graduated, and the fact that he has continued to be in demand in that field and doesn't write home for money. Uh, my uh, my other son is a writer, doesn't write home for money, and my daughter is an actress. They the two went to USC, and uh, she is uh, very very successful on stage. And that's supposed to be one of those either-or kind of careers, uh, you know, with writing home for money uh, in between jobs. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's been very successful and works all over the world, a tremendously talented girl. And I'm just proud of all of them, especially because they don't write home for money. Good. So is that the key to success when your kids don't write home for money? Well, it's the key to their success. It certainly <laughs> is. And a key to my ongoing success because I get to keep some of You it. get to keep some of your money. That's awesome. Uh, I, uh, I know. I just, I'm very, very proud of them uh, because they work hard. And, and uh, that, that, was, uh, that was kind of part of growing up in the McMahon house is uh, don't sit around. You know, you don't have to constantly be on the go all the time. Do things that are fun and do things that you really enjoy doing. Uh, when they picked out sports, uh, for example, it was something that they they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to go out and work out and sweat. No, they were the ones who had to, uh, to make themselves uh, eligible for the team. Gotcha. And... Uh, and the team also was, was an important thing. Best athlete in my family was my daughter. Really? Uh, yeah, the other, the other two guys were good, usually the sixth man on the basketball team, <laughs> right, or the twelfth man on the football team. Uh, they, were, they were good participating guys who liked sports and liked doing it. But she was fast. So in track, she got a scholarship to USC. She got two Trojans in the house. It makes for some interesting Thanksgiving conversations, that's for sure. Oh, with USC and Notre Dame? Yeah. Still. Yeah, absolutely. But, of course, I do the God Show, so there's really no choice about who I root for. (laughs) So um, when I was looking you up, because I always do that, I like to get a little, find something that's really interesting. So you have adopted. You've adopted kids? I adopted kids. the Notre Dame kid and the USC kid. I call them that just because that's who I identified them as Mike and Terry and Kevin. And Mike and Terry were already uh, in a family with the lady that eventually became my wife and the, her, their mother. Uh, and uh, But Terry then, uh, my daughter, and, and you know, Clarence, uh, listen, I got to tell your audience the truth. Through my daughter's childhood, not so much the guys, but through my daughter's childhood, I would see if she was asleep. 
And then I would whisper quietly in her ear, investment counselor, neurosurgeon, all of those careers that I hoped that she would remember and would land somewhere in the frontal lobes Mm -hmm. when it was time to accept a proposal. You know, don't give me a guy who's still looking. Uh, Give me a guy with a career like that. So she married an actor. (laughs) And he's still looking for jobs. That's what actors do. (laughs) No, and a terrific guy and a a great husband, great father, and a terrific talent. But the reason that I mention... Him, uh, David Kelly, uh, how, how Irish can you get? A McMahon marries a Kelly. And then they said, you know what? We're capable of having babies biologically, but there's an awful lot of kids out there who might need what we have to offer. Mm-hmm. So let's think about adoption first. And they did, and they adopted a little African-American girl, and when my daughter walked into the house from an acting engagement that had taken her out of town for a number of weeks, she walked in, the phone was ringing, and the person on the other end said, your daughter was born yesterday in Houston, Texas, Dallas, in Dallas, Texas. When can you be here? And... uh, and they had already told the, the adoption agency uh, that race and the religion of the family and none of that mattered at all. Uh, and uh, so Taylor was born and came into our lives and uh, one of the miracles of, of all time. So they instantly flew to Dallas to get their brand new baby. And so here is this couple on the plane coming back home. A Kelly and a McMahon. I mean, about as Caucasian as you can possibly look. (laughs) Holding this little mahogany bundle of love. (laughs) And the flight attendant comes through, stops, and says, let me guess, brand new adoption. And they just smile and say, this is our baby. And she said, I'm going to give you a secret, and I want you to take this with you because it's very, very important. It was important in my life, and please do this for her. Learn to do the hair. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Those are facts. (laughs) I mean, she made it very clear. This is not not a passing hobby. Right. You've got to put time in that hair. And, and David, my son-in-law, wound up being the hairstylist in the family while Taylor uh, used to watch a movie all the way through <laughs> while the emollients and the lotions and everything, depending on whether she wanted natural, whether she wanted Straight. braids, you know. Uh, but, oh, she, and she's now, uh, she is now a film uh, major at Emerson College in Boston, Mm-hmm. and has been making films, uh, really good films, since she was 11. And so maybe she won't write home for money either. <laughs> good. So she's doing well. So you've done well. You've taught a message of self-sufficiency and it's worked through. I like well, yeah, so far, it seems to be something that, uh, 
that carried over, but uh, we, we're, we're a happy family, Clarence. So besides wanting to get to 465, what, what else motivates you? Oh, that's, that's good. You know what? In all of the interviews that I've done as a guest, I can't think of anything. Uh, the, anybody that has ever asked me what motivates me, I'll give you the honest answer that occurs to me right now, and that is uh, doing what I chose to do the best I knew or know how to do it and being prepared for it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, besides family and, and so on, motivate me on a daily basis uh, is... Uh, I guess being prepared, and, and as a talk show host, I think the, the biggest uh, quality that you can have is what you already have, and that is curiosity. Yeah. You want to really know what, what's going on in that person's head. That's true. That's true. So with everything going on right now in 2020, what do you think of all this stuff? That I'm very fortunate. I'm extremely lucky, unlike so many folks that I know who have been enormously successful in so many different fields, theater. Uh, There's a fellow that I know named Danny Harkins. Mm -hmm. And Danny Harkins I've known since he was 11 years old. And his father ran a motion picture theater in Tempe, here in the Valley of the Sun in Arizona, for the folks who are from outside of uh, Arizona. Uh, Tempe is the home of Arizona State University, college town, with, at that time, one theater downtown. And now the Valley Art Theater. I don't know what it was then. But his dad owned it. He grew up in the movie showing business. He was in the theater all the time and knew when the popcorn was going to be ready and (laughs) that kind of part of show business. And uh, so he went into it right away, and then it exploded for him because he wound up, he, I don't know how many hundreds of screens he has, but he has dozens and dozens and dozens of theaters in five states. So that's success, unless there's a pandemic. Right. So here is this guy. And all he has to do, he waits till the movies come in, puts them on digitally in the projection room, and waits for people to buy tickets. Before they get into the theater, they've already purchased Zagnuts, Raisinets, and popcorn, and a drink. Uh uh, That's a terrific career. You open the doors, and somewhere along the line, there's going to be a hit movie. This is true. Each one of his buildings has, I don't know, a dozen different theaters and screens. But now, you can't go in. Until recently, you, the, the, the doors were closed. Now you can go in and sit six feet apart. Right, yeah. He told me just the other day, every single person on his staff has taken a pay cut, including him, almost totally, and so here's a real successful guy, and a bug comes along and stops it all. Right. That's when we got to be humble. I agree. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back oh, wait, with somebody's the amazing pay- somebody's Pat McMahon. Yeah, somebody's paying. Pat McMahon. <laughs> 
Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence. We'll be back right after this. Clarence Ferguson is a senior loan officer with Veritas Funding, offering personalized mortgage solutions, fast customized quotes, great rates and service with integrity. Clarence Ferguson is a leading mortgage professional and loan officer in Arizona, passionate about closing deals, education, and helping you reach your goals. If you're looking to refinance or purchase a home, please contact him at 602-299-9357 or email him at cferguson at vfund.com. NMLS number 1920746. And now, back to Fit Over 40. Here's your host, Coach Clarence. All right, Pat, so we are back. Inquiring minds want to know besides the God Show, you doing anything else? <laughs> yeah, do a morning television show called. Uh, what is it called? <laughs> See, that's the third thing well, to go. change the name. <laughs> you didn't hear Clarence. He said that's the third thing to go. Arizona Daily Mix. And what do you guys do on there? I would talk to everybody that doesn't offend. You just doesn't offend, yes. you. Uh, we're, we're trying to keep it light. Mm-hmm. Heavy times, trying to keep it light. Uh, I'll give you... I'll give you an example of a video interview that I did yesterday that's going to be played back in a couple of weeks. Uh, And this is a segment called Let Me Introduce You To. So I introduce people to folks that they wouldn't otherwise meet, but just really interesting people. Uh, a, A muralist, person who's devoted her entire career to painting murals, sometimes inside your home, gorgeous art, an entire wall, or sometimes outside on a piece of property that somebody gave her permission to put rock stars on. Okay. You know, and she did a fence in uh, in Tempe, as a matter of fact, that had five rock stars who passed. Uh, One from uh, the Gin Blossoms, one from Alice Cooper's band, uh, Chester, who just lo- we just lost Chester, uh, and one from my band. Uh, I had a band. You had a uh, band? Oh yeah! Listen, you you name it, I've done it. Uh, what kind of music Clarence. did you play? Uh, well, let me finish about the show so yeah. that nobody is sitting out there saying, "Well, wait a minute, that sounded kind of interesting." Uh, in two weeks, you will meet a a, a personality that responded to let me introduce you to so instead of a physician or instead of this or doing something that was curious and unusual that you wanted to know about i introduced everybody to a two-toed sloth at the phoenix zoo fascinating creature you know that extraordinarily slow metabolism so for about five minutes, I talked to the trainer about the life of a sloth, while Fernando, the sloth, and ambassador to the Phoenix Zoo, uh, was uh, was just resting there. Uh, so, so what is the show about? Just a whole variety of people who might come in and say, we make tequila, or I'm a two-toed sloth, ask me questions. Uh, the band. Uh, 
the Wallace and Ladmo show was a satirical comedy show. It was not one of those sappy kid shows that used to be around telling kids to brush their teeth two or three times. They get that at home. We intended to do nothing but make them laugh. Okay. Mr. Rogers taught values. We were totally valueless. <laughs> the entire 36 years that the show was on, 10,000 shows. No, it awesome. was just a matter. It was a comedy show. Three guys doing sketch comedy. Saturday Night Live for kids. Okay. So about halfway through the 60s, the show is specifically for people over 40. Well, this is beginning to date me a great deal anyway, isn't it? So about halfway through the 60s, my partner Wallace comes in, and we used to make up characters that would, that would work and would relate to the audience. Okay. Oh, wait, that's, some, that's like somebody I know. So we said, Wallace said, wait a minute, you know what? These Beatle guys are all over the front page, not just entertainment, but it's the Beatles' haircuts and the Beatles' fashion and yeah. the Beatles. Everybody's talking. Now you think now, well, yeah, what a dummy that was. No, no, this was while it was happening. And he said, we need an overnight teenage sensation. <laughs> Now, we had a band already that, that played on the show, but we didn't have any rock characters. So uh, I said, so when do you need uh, this, this character done so that I can come up with a look and a voice? And, and he said, tomorrow, as if it's going to be an overnight teenage sensation, we have to be honest with the audience. Put together this costume and this huge James Brown bouffant, black hair, you know, this wig, black eyebrows. And that was the birth of Hubcap, H-U-B-K-A-P-P, -P, and his band, The Wheels. <laughs> so why should you care about Hubcap and The Wheels? Because we just introduced it as a character, like the little hateful spoiled brat that I play, little old lady, uh, a cowboy that never really ever rode on a horse, a, a, a variety of losers in society. <laughs> but Hubcap, we introduced just as one of those characters, but we made a record. The record became number one, beat the Beatles out of the number one position on the charts, Capitol Records, for whom the Beatles uh, uh, recorded, mm -hmm. they were a label, they were the Beatles label, uh, got interested, came over, signed us to a contract, and we wound up doing the Steve Allen show, doing uh, a guy named Woody Woodbury had a nighttime show, Joey Bishop, Regis Philbin, uh, doing all those nighttime talk shows because Hollywood thought it was real, thought Hub was real, and, and girls in the audience screaming and yelling, and we kept thinking, my God, here we were coming out of, at that time, just a medium-sized city from a kid's show in Phoenix, Arizona. Everybody here knew that it was a joke, that it was a satire on just the world of rock and roll. 
and you got to Hollywood, and all of a sudden, this was the latest hot thing, <laughs> and it was it. fun. But nobody should be a rock and roll star more than four and a half minutes. <laughs> why is that? Why do you think that is? No, it's, it, you know what? We, we looked at what we most wanted to do in life, and this sounds highly idealistic. <laughs> we did Hub for a couple of years, and it was very successful. You can see Hub now on YouTube. I'm Just your Hubcap, H-U-B-K-A-P-P, and the wheels. And you say, wait a minute, my God, that is that for real? This was before Kiss. This was before Glam Rock. This was before people wearing makeup, makeup and costumes yeah. and so on. So it was really, really unusual. <laughs> uh, and it was great fun. It was great fun to do it for a while. But you know what we missed? We missed doing the daily kids show, kid show yeah. every single day live and entertaining those kids. And to this day, to this day, there's no day that goes by that somebody doesn't come up and tell me the most wonderful memories okay. of the things that we did that made them laugh. That's cool. That's awesome. So, you know, going to 465, you got a long way to go. I'm going to say you're about 60, 65, somewhere in there. Right around that. But at 465, just think about the fire alarms that we would set off. Uh, and I, I'll tell you what. Rather than being a specific person about age, and it's not because I'm embarrassed about it at all. It's just I never get into it because, Clarence, you know, people put you in a niche. And they say, well, if you know this person, you couldn't possibly know this person. You've had this experience. Oh, no, no. Well, you're, you're too old for that. So just think of me as being younger than Mars, the planet Mars, <laughs> and older than Bruno Mars. <laughs> I like that analogy. That's good. <laughs> so what advice would you give someone listening to you who kind of admires your career and wants to do the same thing? Work your butt off. Love it. And, and please try to find something that you enjoy. I can't think of anything worse. I've never had it happen. I can't think of anything worse than to be driving to work in the morning or whenever and dreading it. So it's funny you use that phrase, work your butt off. In our industry, that's the opposite of what women want to do. They want to work to keep their butt going. And you just said, work your butt off. You mean in, in fitness? Physical fitness. Not all of us. Out. I need to get rid of mine. <laughs> Maybe Robin might want to. <laughs> okay, but, but. Robin, you have a nice butt. Okay, Don't worry. When, Don't mess with aw. it. For, for example, yoga it would seem to me a lot of the people who do that, strenuous as it might be, they look like they're really enjoying it. Yeah. And they look like they want to go back for the next session. If it's running miles and miles and miles, I know people seem to love that, but all I can think of is throwing up. <laughs> Most runners look like it's painful. When you see them running down the street next to your cars, they don't look like they're having a good time. God bless the triathlon people. You know, that, that's, that's amazing with the running and the swimming. And uh, what's the third one? Where? Bicycle, right? Bicycle. Oh, yeah. I get chafed just listening to it. <laughs> I know. When you were talking about the looks on the runners' faces, I thought they were constipated. I'm no. sorry. They you never know, look comfortable the only when you see people running. The like, only thing I want to be involved in with the triathlon is at the end, at the end of the triathlon, right before they get 
the trophy. I want to have the preparation age tent. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. As a runner. What voice is that? Yeah, for God's that's sake? It's God. It's, it's, God. it's God. And she's a female. We've been wrong yes. all this time. Damn right, baby. <laughs> if you've never been a runner, you won't get it. But if you're a runner... It truly get on your mic, it, Laura. Oh, I'm, yeah, stay on Rob your and mic. I know I'm the producer now. <laughs> stay on your mic. Don't be stop so moving she's your chair. She's she's distancing talking. from and we need some powder for you. Side <laughs> of the boom that holds the mic, and you've been doing this for Excuse sixty-three me? years. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> she's flipping him the bird just so that you, you guys know. What? know. <laughs> you should be nicer to me. Okay, you don't That's have an answer an for that? called an ornithological wave. A, a what, what, oh, is that what, what that is? Ornithological okay. wave. An ornithological person is a bird lover. <laughs> I, I, don't like, I don't like birds. I was just going to say, if you've never been a runner, you don't get it. What are you asking, Laura? You I'm not asking. In. I'm just saying. saying. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm not asking. I'm just saying. That saying. Boss here. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. she is boss lady. She is boss lady. Exactly. Okay. Have you seen my phone, Pat? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, fine. You've never paid attention Warden to that. Warden Laura, ever. please. All right, I'm jump done. Jump right in. I, I just wanted to say that if you're a runner, you get why people run. And that look you see on their face, that's determination. Yes. That's, that's the love of competition. And so it's not that's resting working hard. An elemental attraction to the word hernia. I've never had a hernia, and I've run my whole life. All right, I'm done here. I'm done, Pat. No, would you see? But you open by saying, "See, you're not a runner, so you're not getting it." No, I get more of everything because I'm not a runner. <laughs> you didn't know what you were in for today, yeah, Coach. Yeah, Jim I Jim. love it. I oh, love it. No, all right. Now listen, you're a stocky guy. You look like an interior lineman. Uh, <laughs> No, well, you, well, you know, you don't look like a wide receiver. You're no, you're you are a a guy that looks like you're strong, and you have a powerful build, and you're stocky. That does not look like a guy who runs a marathon. I don't run anywhere. That's painful, <laughs> isn't it? If I can drive or walk in a few feet, that's it. <laughs> yes, I think a stroll would be nice. A stroll is nice, yes. <laughs> but I won't be running. I won't be jogging around. Nothing. <laughs> Me neither. It's too hot in Arizona anyway. Right. I'm getting a rash thinking about yeah. just running, uh, but I, I don't want to think about it at all. No, I, I just admire people who do something. It doesn't have to be Laura and the, the, I'm going to run from here uh, to San Diego <laughs> and then have lunch. Right. <laughs> And be uh, on time for lunch, that, too. Just, that, no, that doesn't appeal to me. In fact, that's what coaches always used to do for punishment, remember? Yeah, it'd make you run. You had to you run play. seven laps right. if you didn't do it right. Mm -hmm. So if, if there's an exercise that is also thought of as punishment, <laughs> I'm willing to do something else. Something else. else. <laughs> I got you. Now, do you meditate? Yes. I've never met you before this show. I didn't know that... And you don't look like a meditation what guy. What do I look like? Tell me what I look no, like. No, meditation. For the people at home. If I'm casting it. for a meditation person, you would it see would me so. be an East Indian looking person, right? <laughs> but no, you know, that, but what value meditation is for anybody who wants to just simply settle everything down? Mm -hmm. That or a drink of whiskey usually works. Oh, okay, what if you meditate while... You're also having a better. It's even a better effect. 
<laughs> Can you actually drink whiskey with your eyes closed? Yes, I've mastered that. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a new so, one on me. So if I, if I tell my wife I've been meditating, but she notices that I have salt on my lip, <laughs> is that a dead giveaway? That's a dead giveaway. You had a margarita. You know what whiskey. else is a dead giveaway? <laughs> What's that? Me running. Me running. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh, look, who's on the floor? That's a dead giveaway. That's Pat. All right, Mr. McMahon, I appreciate you coming on. Could I come back sometime? Of course, because you got to quiz me on the show. I got to quiz you on the show. That's the remember we're gonna. That's why don't you come on? That's gonna be our topic. You'll be on the God show. I would love to talk. I can find out about the spirituality, the spiritual value of exercise. And keeping in shape. I would love to do it. Did you notice Jesus was not fat? (laughs) He was being chased by everybody. (laughs) He was a runner. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure you you want me on the God show. Oh, we know that's the whole show (laughs) then. Yeah, because I don't get on the mic on that show. (laughs) You're safe. I've got an entire subject now. (laughs) Why was Jesus as as supple and, and he looked like he was in such shape? What kind of a jock was Jesus? He was a holy jock. He was a holy jock. Okay, okay just a second. I a holy that, jock with holy down. socks. How about that? <laughs> okay, here we go. Gotta make it rhyme. You, you know, can they, use it, Pat. You know, this is like a Three Stooges thing. <laughs> <laughs> you have no Thank idea. You. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for being on. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Where? Star Worldwide Networks? Star Worldwide Networks. Thanks for listening to Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence. Clarence Ferguson is a seasoned loan officer, fitness expert, personal chef, and entrepreneur who leads a revolution of men and women like you who want to live their best life going into middle age. Join us next time for more inspiring dialogue, challenging topics, and industry leaders offering tips and how-tos to improve your life right here on StarWorldWideNetworks.com and wherever you get your podcasts.